the work for you. On the BetQL Network. Happy Thursday, one and all. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, and the gang is all here. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Brad Powers tells us how he's betting on the college football playoff. We'll get into all sorts of other college football angles for you. But first, let's start in the NFL. And guys, I am based in Los Angeles where the stars shine and celebrities are always going to Target and Walmart and all sorts of fun stuff. And you figure out who to spot and who that weird person without makeup might be. All sorts of fun stuff there. And when we're talking about the stars the NFL is losing them left and right. Tyreek Hill, Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, they are all still missing from practice. And so, Joe, let's start with this. Of Hill, Lawrence, and Stroud, which do you feel like is the biggest absence? Stroud. It's Yeah, I would go there because we've, we've seen the, the favorite flip and it was almost a field goal on, on both sides uh, throughout the week. And the more respected money that's come in is on the Cleveland side. Why? Because of Stroud. Like we're not seeing that with uh, these other situations. Now I understand bringing, bringing up questions about Miami and what Ty Tyreek and that offense is. Um, it's different, probably an in-game situation versus, I don't know. Is he going to be out there at all? Are you preparing all week for that? I believe the Dolphins have a good idea. Like, they don't want to be surprised uh, once they get to game time. Then, okay, I guess we're going to go without Tyreek. I'm sure that later in the week that they're going to have a, a strong idea. But, yeah, it's got to start with the quarterback, and uh, I got to go with Stroud there. Yeah, it's a tough one. Having The way that the Texans have been playing and not having Stroud practicing, he remains sidelined with this concussion situation. I mean, you got to have it, right? Like, he has been that spark and really energized the offense. And obviously, they do have a lot of young pieces there. But you got to have the most important position, and that's the quarterback position. So I would also agree with Joe on this one. And I think it's unanimous. I am also going with Stroud, if for no other reason, the drop-off after these yeah. particular players is such to where it's the steepest involving Houston. I mean, you only have to look at last year's Houston Texans to know what they have at quarterback and what they don't have <laughs> in terms of overall talent. Not to mention, if you're filtering out all of these other fantastic receivers Stroud had uh, throughout much of this season, you are seeing what this offense looked like last year. And it was awful. There's a reason why they only won a few games. Meanwhile, with the Jaguars, yes, C.J. Beathard is certainly a drop-off from Lawrence, but they can still wins, uh, can still win games this way. And Beathard's been a part of this system for quite some time. So in terms of continuity, I still feel like that can very much be there. And then with Tyreek Hill, even though I do believe in terms of overall production and significance and what he means to his particular offense he's probably a top three receiver I think that's safe to say but at least against the Jets a good defense uh the Dolphins were able to go to Jalen Waddle and they were able to make that work and right. so it's possible with time that the Dolphins know how to adjust especially if they have other playmakers at the ready but yesterday Mostert's not practicing 
A-chain's yes. not practicing. They have offensive line injuries. So, uh, you know, what's interesting, we see this a lot in the final month of the year, and it could be a case in point with Miami and a few other spots that we can discuss, cluster injuries. I think we're gonna, we might have a couple of those situations where you may have liked the spot for a team, but there's no way you can back them because we're talking about f- missing four or five starters on one side of the ball. And, that you know, that could be the case this week for the Dolphins. And especially going up against the Cowboys, that matters uh, greatly. If you're looking at, say, that pass rush, uh, guys from the secondary on, on key, you know, five-man rushes and six-man blitzes, all that stuff. If they want to get exotic. Certainly, they're able to do that uh, if you are the Dallas Cowboys. And look, this is certainly a team the Cowboys are uh, where they're going to be trying to outscore their opponent, no doubt about it. And they will be disrupting to his timing a good bit. So if you have an offensive line uh, where you have some key injuries, say you can't trust those outside runs, things like that, uh, then they could be in for a rude awakening, Aaron. Yeah, I think also going to Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, like the Jags have lost three in a row. They're not covering. Trevor Lawrence has just been up and down all season. I don't even know like what he is at this point in his career. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, is it really... (sighs) I don't think it matters as much because Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, like they've been pretty scrappy this season. So even <laughs> if it was Trevor Lawrence, I still might like the Bucks in this game. Yeah. That's yeah. And fair. Jaguars missing a lot of key parts too. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just Trevor Lawrence. I'm, part of it is him, but you know, without Christian Kirk, we've seen how they've looked without him thus far. Like there are a lot of reasons to be concerned uh, as far as Jacksonville goes. Yeah. It, you know, a lot, I know we try not to overreact to Wednesday stuff, but I thought there were a lot of interesting nuggets going on. I'm not saying that we got any uh, great information, like we know enough to make a bet. Just it opened your eyes to a lot of things. It certainly feels like Gino is going to be good to go. On Wednesday when you're practicing in full, he's going to be fine. Uh, Levis not practicing. We don't know what's happening there. They're talking about going to Tannehill. Um, I don't know what I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Maybe they end up surprising us. You know, they said Rudolph, but Pickett's limited in practice. So I don't know what to trust as far as how the Steelers are going to handle their QB situation. Is it one of those things where it's just like this outside chance where, okay, maybe we can get Pickett, you know, a couple of reps here and there, and then maybe just maybe hope of all hopes. Cause I mean, the Steelers are in dire straits right now. And certainly some of these other quarterback situations Mm -hmm. you're talking about also significant uh, when it comes to needing these wins, vying for playoff spots, because as much as we have complained about uh, these wild card situations and how we're probably going to see a team make the playoffs that we are uncomfortable with, uh, ready to fade, whatever it is, they also understand that they do need their respective starting quarterbacks and their respective receivers to be out there to play. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, like, I know Tomlin hasn't had, you know, a losing season and all of that. Like, they are in a desperate situation, but I'm still reluctant to bet them because I've been burned. I keep thinking, like, oh, this is a Steelers <laughs> spot. This is a Steelers spot. I'm like, is this the week? I know. Finally, when I don't bet on them, is that when it happens? But if it's going to be Mason Rudolph, I just don't know. I mean, there are some areas where I think the Steelers could take advantage. The Bengals haven't been that good at stopping the run. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the total on this one. Might be better than Trubisky. 
I'm just saying, could, could, it, could it get much worse? The, the bar is fairly low as far as that's concerned. Yes. Uh, it was set there, and uh, yes, you're, if you're playing Limbo, then the bar is very low and it's near impossible. But if you're playing Hurdles, then no big deal at all, yep. so it'll be just fine. Uh, how about we move on now to the NBA? Because uh, this was a massive talking point uh, that we made yesterday on the show, Joe, in terms of what to do about the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant is back. He looked fantastic, did not look rusty at all. And the number to make the playoffs has been hammered. We were talking about plus 840, something around 10 to 1. Now it's all the way down to plus 650 for the Grizzlies to make the playoffs. Even though we both made our own compelling arguments as to why there's reason there could be value here, if you've lost this much at the number, is that still the case? Would you still place a bet at plus 650 to make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I give it out lightning bets at the time. It was plus 820, and I still liked mm-hmm. it there. So I liked it in the middle. But now we're getting to a point where mm, I'm not so sure. Like, I made my case for for why you should maybe consider a Southwest Division bet. But that was when it was 66. And now the best number I see is 30 in, tw- in less than 24 hours. So I, have we gone too far? Probably. I would not, if you missed it, if you missed the number the other night, if you missed it yesterday, at this point, I would just say back off, probably back off. Because who's to say that this is when the run starts? What if they have a couple more losses and we go, we go back to the numbers that we just were at, still with a ton of basketball to go? Like Now I would say you missed the boat. Just just hold off. Um, there's a lot of basketball left. There's probably going to be another spot where you get a good number. Yeah, it seems a little bit like an overreaction. I mean, John Morant just got back. And obviously, he's been in the MVP conversation. He is really good. And I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, he's back. You know, here come the Grizzlies now. I would pump the brakes. Like, it's a little too soon. I mean, if you got a really good number, I get it from a value perspective. But now that things have kind of shifted, I would pass for now. Or maybe what Joe said, like, (laughs) wait a couple games they're due to catch some L's and maybe you can get another good number again but it just seems like a little much I mean before all the off the court stuff like people love John Morant like his style Mm -hmm. of play he's so fun to watch it is hard to not want to root for this guy so I could see why fans and you know people are probably jumping on this just with anticipation like oh he's back it's it's exciting to see the the West number's almost in half. It was 110 when we were talking about it yesterday. Now it's down to 66. Yep. Like, come on. Wow. Really? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah. Well, here's a follow-up, though. Okay, let's say you uh, play a shorter number, but you gain two slots in terms of possibilities. And by that, I mean the play-in is at plus yeah. 280, which means you just need to finish in the top 10 in the West. Is that something that's appetizing to either of you? Not now. Not now. I mean, it was just so much better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I get, which I guess it's one of those situations where what kind of better are you? Are you okay with plus 280? You probably are. Or is it going to bother you that, you know, you could have got a much better number if you would have acted immediately? Maybe. Um, it's just, yeah, I just keep going back to, let's see. Now, maybe it is that spot. But is any of this happening if, that final shot doesn't go in. They go to overtime and they lose. Like, you know what I mean? Just like the yeah. thinnest of margins. I kind of wish that happened, been... actually. 
right? Would you still bet it? And then we still get all the old old numbers. I'd love those old numbers. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there would still they would still move because I mean he still had 34 points. I mean he still had a great outing. But boy, I wish that ball didn't go in at the end of the game. Yeah. Like then I think he's not getting nearly as much attention. The casual betters probably aren't placing bets on things like this. And at least yes, the number would have probably still moved, but not to this. Yeah, agree. I also for me like unless we're doing something in the NFL offseason where we're looking at futures and we're just like dying to bet something <laughs> plus 280 for something I got to wait months for doesn't get me excited enough like Agreed. I just need a bigger number. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. But the, get get some get some interest uh you know put a put a savings account in if you if that's something that you really want to do. This is probably not uh yeah. the best bet there. Uh also in the NBA, uh we have an MVP straw poll out uh basically accruing uh you know different folks' opinions as far as uh who the MVP would be this season and right now the leader the defending MVP, Joel Embiid, with, say, uh, 848 total points. Massive drop-off after that to second-place Nikola Jokic, followed by Giannis, uh, another drop-off after that. Then uh, SGA of the Thunder, Luka Doncic, uh, also in that top five. So when we look at these straw poll results, on the one hand, they look uh, eerily similar to what we saw last year. On the other mm -hmm. hand, uh, we also saw massive volatility toward the end of the regular season, uh, you know, last season. True. So all of that being said, how much stock do you buy into the straw poll? Um, I look at it and say, okay, whoever is ahead is probably not going to win just based on how it <laughs> happens. I mean, no, seriously, since we've been tracking this the last few years, it's going to change five times. Uh, that's what normally happens. And the ones November, December, you know, or however, I forgot uh, the time period when they end up doing it. But usually the early ones end up being wrong. And it, after it changes a while, um, and then it, it becomes clear what's going to happen. Uh, I I would not bet into this. And it looks like the number has moved based on the straw poll this morning. That's the kind of power that this specific straw poll with real voters has. It moves the market every single time. Just about every single time, uh, the the winner ends up uh, becoming the favorite. And right now, I'm seeing Embiid as low as plus 175 for NBA MVP. And I'm not buying. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you look at the points, it looks like a two-man race right now, right? Like 848, mm -hmm. 630, and then there's a significant drop-off. I said it last week. I still think there's value on Giannis at 12 to 1. I'm not sure. Was it yeah. 16 to 1 or was it 12 to 1 last week? I still think yeah, I like, it was 12. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it moved. Uh, so if anything, I would still be looking there. I'm not sure if I can do the Luca thing. I keep waiting for him <laughs> to win it. Maybe he finally will, but uh, I can't. Got to pass on Luca. <laughs> well, that was that was a tough loss for the Mavs last night against the Clippers. And so, you know, you're talking about the biggest games in the spotlight. If Luka's not winning those, he's getting overexhausted, yeah. then, yeah, I, I still can't do it with Luka either. This is Becky L. Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up, our preview of Thursday Night Football between the Saints and the Rams. I will be accused of homerism either way. Coming up on the Becky L. Network. Yep. <laughs>